0: Welcome to an intergalactic journey through the power of nothingness.
1: Oh, no. Have you taken up (laughs) yoga?
0: Oh, yeah. You know, I'm bending and stretching right now.
1: Somehow, when you say it, it makes it sound even worse than it actually is.
0: I know. No, I would never do yoga. What What do you think I am?
1: No, I feel like you have a natural predisposition for yoga that you're ignoring. Yeah. You seem like you seem like a stock of bamboo, like very flexible.
0: Hmm. I could.
1: Maybe you I'm, should.
0: Yeah, I should. You know, that'd be a good idea. I could easily do yoga.
1: This this is gonna sound pretty weird, but I think at least two people I know are certified to be yoga instructors. Okay. I don't what know you, why. What are you they, doing with they these are, yoga instructors? They don't teach yoga. They just are certified. To be yoga instructors.
0: Oh, so they don't teach yoga, but they're certified yeah. yoga instructors, and you it's have like, a close uh, relationship with them, is what you're saying.
1: What I'm what I'm saying is, is like, do you remember, like, have you ever taken swimming lessons or like, no. gone to the swimming pool? So if you were in any kind of organized swimming teaching uh, facility, at some point they'd be like, oh, hey, you you know, you're almost ready to be a lifeguard. You just have to like take this test, and you could be a lifeguard. We we think you're ready. Okay, so so I'm, I'm wondering if there's some kind of like yoga school where they're like, you're almost ready to be an instructor. You just have to take this. Like, what do you take? Do you take a test, like a yoga test?
0: So you go. So what you're saying is, you're going to the back alleyways. Swimming, but there's no water. You just find an excuse to take your clothes off, and then you're certifying each other as yoga instructors. Is this your life?
1: What what does swimming have to do with the yoga, though? I thought we were going to be yoga instructors. Uh, This is what I'm going to ask when they ask me about this. They're going to say, Take your clothes off. We need you to (laughs) do that if you want to teach yoga.
0: Yeah, and and you're gonna be like, well, I thought this was yoga class, and why are we in a dark alleyway? Why are this there like five just, dudes?
1: Just, 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 just do it, Morty. Just take your clothes off. This exactly. Is, it's gonna go something like that.
0: Exactly. You're gonna be in the in the back alleyway. All of a sudden, there's gonna be five guys jumping down from the rooftop. Ropes are gonna come, and then all of a sudden, you're getting taken up in a helicopter but it's not really a helicopter. It's just like they're throwing you off the building and they're like, hey, helicopter your way down and then you fall slowly and you're like, wow, this is it. This is my last resort, cut me in two pieces. And then all of a sudden you feel an air mattress, but you see it's not really an air mattress. It's just the hard concrete, but wait, it's not the hard concrete. You see the floor come out under you, but wait, it doesn't come out under you. Because, plot twist, you're really in a white room, but wait, it's not really a white room. There's, There's painting on the white room, but wait, plot twist, it's boarded up. And you scratch on the surfaces of the walls and you see the society behind yourself. And you realize that you were living in a cacophony of misery and sadness the whole time. And once you scratch beyond the surface, you realize that the real world is waiting beyond you. But wait, it's just another box.
1: I think you just described the last 10 minutes of Requiem for a Dream. Um, Probably. Or maybe like this is, I think you just proved you're schizophrenic in more, than, more ways than one. It's one yeah. of those two things. I don't, you've never seen the movie, so I can only assume that you're schizophrenic now.
0: Yeah, probably. I'm the director, and I haven't even directed it yet.
1: That was just a moment of silence for your mental health. Okay. Um, what, did you, what were you talking about? Your intergalactic journey or whatever?
0: I don't know. That was just an intro. Spice things oh. up.
1: I thought you had something. I was like... Uh, I hope I hope he has something because I don't have anything.
0: (laughs) Dude, I don't have anything either. Have you ever played Mario Kart Seven for the three DS?
1: No, don't they have Mario Kart Eight now?
0: Yeah, I don't know why they started numbering them because it's never been numbered. It was like Mario Kart. No, it was like Super Super Nintendo Mario Kart, which I think was just called Mario Kart or Super Mario Kart, and then it's Mario Kart sixty four, and then uh, Double Dash, and then Wii. And uh, I get all of a sudden seven and eight. Like what?
1: But it's not even seven and eight. Shouldn't it be five and six?
0: Well, I think they had a Game Boy Advance one too. So, or they had DS one too. So, so now it's like seven, but they've all been on different s- systems and they've not had numbers.
1: So, like basically every other game that never existed, the numbers don't make sense. They kind of just come up with different numbers.
0: I guess so. It's like kind of like how Battlefield did Battlefield One, after like, didn't, when they're four or the
1: five, act, the four, I mean the one actually kind of makes sense because they're talking about World War One. Yeah. So it kind of makes sense. But I like, I, rem- I remember those Mario Kart like... Eight. It's like, yeah, it's number eight, but we weren't even counting until seven, so.
0: And then there's Mario Kart 8 Deluxe for the Switch, which is just the same thing with all the DLC.
1: Yeah. Did you hear about this new Switch?
0: Yeah, yeah, we talked about it, of course. The
1: new new Switch. Like there's uh, a one There's one for little babies, like you said. You've partic- specifically said you hate this one because it doesn't connect to the TV or separate. And then there's another one which is just the old Switch but it just lasts longer. It just has longer battery life.
0: Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I, I don't see the point of it.
1: Yeah. I, I think Nintendo kind of got ahead of the game with the Switch, but they're somehow still going to be left behind.
0: Yeah, yeah I think Nintendo's in a weird spot right now. Um, because, like, I feel like uh Miyamoto and... uh Who's the Zelda guy? Whatever. All those people are, like, slowly, like, uh, drifting away like breath of the wild in a uh, Mario Odyssey are very much different de- design philosophies I think I think I've read in interviews that they specifically had like younger people working on them and like new stuff different stuff is happening So, uh, I don't know. It's like a new weird era
1: Well, yeah, I mean all the creative people in Japan are getting old, yeah. right? That's why you have like We're all still waiting for the next uh, You know great director the next great miyamoto you know
0: yeah i don't think miyamoto has directed a game since the 80s by the way
1: <laughs> well, i think he's create i think he's creative director now i don't know if he's actual game director anymore
0: yeah it's weird like i i don't under- completely understand his role cuz i've read stuff that like says he he plays for a little bit every game that comes on the switch just to approve of it and i'm like what
1: hmm I feel like just walk in, he just walks into the office and, like, have you ever seen, like, every time they show any chef in any movie ever, they just go around, like, you know, like, taking a spoon and tasting every like everything yeah. that everyone's making? I feel like he's kind of like that. It's like, oh, yeah. this needs a little more salt. Put, put some more pepper on this. Like that.
0: I think you're right, because I, f- I feel like he, the reason the paper, okay, do you know anything about the Paper Mario games? Nope. Okay, so let me, a uh, little mini lecture here. The only
1: thing I know about the Paper Mario games, this is the only time I've ever even seen Paper Mario, is um, when the for DS first came out, I still had a Game Boy Advance with only three games on it. Um, and my friend got a DS, like, the Christmas that it came out, and I was just sitting there watching him play Paper Mario. That's the only memory I have of Paper Mario.
0: Wait, wait, you were watching, there was no Paper Mario game on the DS?
1: Yeah, I think there was. It's like you drew like, was it Paper Mario or no. it was something? I think I'm just misremembering it as Paper Mario. But see, what? I don't even have a, a fake memory of Paper Mario.
0: What game was it? Because it might have been uh, Mario and Luigi's uh, Bowser Genocide story.
1: Bowser Genocide.
0: No, Bowser's Inside Story. Story. Oh, I, like,
1: <laughs> I knew Bowser was bad, but like I didn't know he was that bad.
0: <laughs> oh God. All right, so anyway. This,
1: this is how you know this is a Doomer podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the moment anyone says anything even remotely resembling the word genocide, I pounce on it.
0: Yep. So, Paper Mario is a series that started on the N64. It's a turn based RPG series. Very simple turn based RPG series, but very fun. It has the aesthetic of Mario, but everything is paper craft. You know, it's like. Um, this the the models in the game are are for all the games are actual 3d models but they're just flattened to look like sprites not sprites they're flattened to look like paper but they're not sprites is what I'm saying so like when you turn around in the game you see, it's like the character model turns around and it's but it's like a 2d 3d model it's weird
1: you- so it's basically like fez but you can see the third dimension which is just like a piece of paper thickness, right?
0: Well, Fez, Fez the game mechanic is that you switch like perspectives. This is just like a like the environments are 3D. There's there you don't get into perspective switching until you get to the Wii One. But in the in the first two Paper Mario games, which is kind of like the default Paper Mario formula, it's just like you are a piece of paper walking around in an environment. You see what I mean?
1: Yeah, um, but I don't think the 3D assets are all that unique because I'm pretty sure most people model their characters even if it's a 2D game in 3D now just because it makes it easier to turn the camera.
0: Okay, I see. So this technique isn't unique?
1: I think they just like really went with it because I, I was watching this video about Guilty Gear um, and how Guilty Gear has been using... like Even when they, had, they were making 2D fighters, they were still modeling the characters in 3D so that they could pose them in whatever pose they wanted and then, like, draw using that as a reference. Mm, I think that's fairly common practice. But then the only difference between that and the new 3D games that they make is that instead of using the 3D models as a reference, they just use the 3D models in the game now.
0: Okay, that makes sense. So,
1: like, um, even for 2D fighters, they've been using 3D models as um, a reference or as, as, like, an important part of their process for a while now. So I don't know if having a three, I think the cool part is that they just incorporated it into the game.
0: That is really cool. So, so this was for the N64. So this might've been the first time like that kind of thing happened. Like, Oh, we have a 2d thing, but we're going to make a 3d model. Thoughts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So basically, Paper Mario is a is a turn-based RPG series. But okay, I, I figured out the point that I was going with this. Okay, so Okay,
1: I was like you, I feel like you tripped over the sidewalk. I, no,
0: I'm back on track. So originally Paper Mario was a turn-based RPG series. It's simplified, but it is a turn-based RPG and it has actually a lot of story and the Mario and a lot of funny dialogue and the Mario universe kind of gets fleshed out and like has areas added to it in really creative ways so paper mario for the n64 is you go through a lot of mario type areas right you there's peach's castle there's like green valleys there's like a desert level a fire level an ice level it's like normal mario thing yeah like
1: typical mario yeah
0: yeah but 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 there's also like a bunch of creative twists a bunch of creative writing so this, but when you get to the second game, Paper Mario and the Thousand Year Door for the GameCube, okay, this game is literally a ton of people's favorite game of all time. Like you will hear people say, "This is my favorite game ever." Like people Why? love this game because it's it's like it's really good. Like I mean, I've played it uh, a couple times actually. It's like it. Okay, it, let me let me set the stage. So like. It's for first of all it's for the GameCube. They added to the uh JRPG mechanics, you know whatever whatever. This is a Mario game that starts off in a port town and there's a noose hanging in the center of it and like there's a bunch of like criminals and crime. Like so from the previous uh latest mainline Mario game, Mario Sunshine, there's these guys called the um the 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 the, the Pintas, I think that's what they're were called. There's like these little like weird funny guys they're like a oh, mafia oh, oh, wait
1: wait wait are they like the guys with the big noses and like the leaf skirts Is yeah yeah okay
0: yeah they're, sorry for the train can you still understand it's okay. me so yeah. they're like a syndicated like mob criminal boss type they're like the mafia
1: okay so i only know about this from watching super mario sunshine speedruns, runs and they just look like normal people <laughs> Yeah, I did they were, like, criminals.
0: Yeah, but in, I think it's called Rogue Town, which I think might be a reference to One Piece's Loge Town because, honestly, the towns are very similar now that I think about it. Anyways, so Rogue Town, Rogue Town you start off with, like, the Pintas are, like, uh like uh, the mafia, and, like, there's, like, a noose, and there's all these little rat creatures, like, running around stealing things. Like, the game is so imaginative. Like, there's all these weird, like, they, they're kind of like Mario levels, but they're not. It's, like, really its own whole universe. And, like, it takes you through so many different things. And, like, there's a ch- there's a chapter in the game where you are a professional wrestler. Like, Mario, uh, the way these games play out is Mario's, like, a silent protagonist and everyone else kind of talks. Mario, like, wears a mask and you, like, grow a Yoshi in his egg. And, like, the game has all these weird mechanics about, like, You could do all these dynamic like things that affect how the Yoshi will turn out, and there's all these guides online to getting a different colored Yoshi, and you can name the Yoshi, and like once you get the Yoshi, like he becomes like a party member, and he becomes like your like partner in the wrestling match, and you go through this whole professional wrestling arc, and there's a chapter where like, uh, like there's all these creative things where like Paper Mario can turn into a paper airplane and. Soar across the level he can turn all these different paper things all these different paper mache things. There's a level where like um, Like you get like you have to um, it's like this Halloween thing And you have to like find all these like guys throughout the level and you have to like Go to this central town over and over again, and it changes like this game is like super creative but then Here's where Miyamoto's influence steps in all right back to what we were talking about so you have this JRPG series that has all these, like, story elements. There's actually, like, like Paper Mario The Thousand Year Door, like, has cut-in sections where you play as Princess Peach and you're trapped in this room with an AI and you start to form a connection. It's, like, this weirdly deep for a Mario game story where, like that the AI starts to love Princess Peach, and he starts to, like, spy on her in the shower. Like, there's Wait, sections... What? Okay. There No, this is real. Like, she goes into the shower, and it shows her singing, la, 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 and it shows, like, her silhouette in the shower, and it's implied that the robot saw her. Like... The robot forms connections with her. And like Bowser, Bowser's not even the main villain. He just has this side quest where like he's trying to be the main villain because he's heard Princess Peach has got kidnapped by this organization and that this AI is watching her. So he's now trying to be the one to kidnap Princess Peach, but he ends up being an anti-hero. And then in the end, it's like there's this dark princess, like Princess Peach gets possessed and all this stuff happens. So anyways, so Miyamoto's influence steps in where So Miyamoto, his design philosophy, right, he doesn't like story in games. He likes things to be simplified, basically. And this has, like, become more evident over the years because Super Paper Mario is an action RPG now. And he he wanted it to play, like, the 2D Mario games. But you have this thing where you switch into this, it's this Fez-like mechanic where you switch into a weird 3D plane to where there's a Z-axis. And then you can switch back. It's actually a really good game it's really cool and there's actually a lot more story in this one than the other games but you can see the shift here where miyamoto didn't want it to be a turn-based rpg it's basically an rpg game where you have stats but you just jump on the enemies like normal mario games but you gain power and then here's where everyone starts to hate paper mario because the one for the 3ds is actually terrible it's like a weird kind of turn-based RPGs, but you you have to get your powers by getting stickers in the level. And so if you just, but you also use stickers to do like environmental things. So it's actually incentivized to never fight enemies. It's weird. And the series just went down to hell, basically.
1: Are you talking about the new Paper Mario that went down to hell?
0: Yeah, Paper Mario Sticker Star and Paper Mario Color Splash.
1: Okay. On a completely, somewhat related but not really related axis, how do you, what do you think about like all these, like WalMarts pulling down games and game uh, demos in their stores and stuff, because they might I, have violence in them.
0: I don't know anything about this.
1: So, well, I'm gonna kind of avoid the political angle of it, but uh, Walmart kind of got cowed into taking down all its video game demos because they don't want people to play stuff that might have violence in it. I guess it's to avoid some kind of weird liability regarding some events that happened from the past weeks. But my angle to this is that um, for a while, it's been kind of hard for video games with violence in them to make it as like a mainstream eSport. Like uh, the Olympics is apparently going to have an eSports category, Um, but they don't want video games that have violence in them. If you know anything about video games that that are played for eSports, most of them have some form of violence, like even League of Legends champions get you know killed and stuff so they are they already dismissed overwatch league dota 2 so the only uh esport that's gonna make it to the olympics is apparently gonna be rocket league
0: um you know that's really weird like how do you where do you draw the line because league of legends is like, like barely violence it's like like you see colors splashing on the screen when a and the the, the dude disappears like it's like what like how are you gonna like what there's nothing graphic about that game
1: yeah and the weird part to me is like there's sports with actual violence in them that are part yeah. of the olympics like karate uh judo taekwondo wrestling fencing like in fencing you're literally stabbing someone with a sword for points exactly uh, they don't die, but, like, the death animation in video games is just fake. It's make-believe. I don't understand why people don't understand that. But on the other hand, I'm glad for Rocket League to get any type of publicity boost. So if it's in the Olympics, I'm fine with that.
0: You know, I see I see, um, I see, see um, that as a good step in stone because that kind of makes sense to me. You know, it's easy for people to understand because it's like soccer with cars, two relatable things. You know, it's a good, like entry point to put into the olympics if you're gonna put one put one in there i guess you know
1: yeah this is an underrated point to which like so weird uh blast from the past like a year and a half ago like maybe two years ago i think like october 2017 i was kind of involved with this guy who wanted to make like an esports organization um and he was thinking about like starting an overwatch team and he just like asked me to like help him pitch some sponsors and stuff. So when I was doing that, I, I was looking into like the Rocket League stuff. I was thinking about like Rocket League and the numbers and the sponsors. And it occurred to me that Rocket League is probably the easiest to understand eSport that might ever exist. And it just so happens that it, it the eSports, uh, you know, scene in Rocket League is very organic and not pushed at all by any big company. It kind of just started with people wanting to, you know, play each other at, you know, like they just wanted to play with their friends against each other to see who's better, right? Mm -hmm. Kind of like the Smash Bros. scene where people just, you know, gathered at their local whatever watering hole or whatever and um, fought against each other just to see who's better at Smash. Uh, And then the the company that made Rocket League was like, oh, hey, lots of people want to do this esports thing. Why don't we like try to make something official? That way we could also get some publicity out of it. So they kind of stepped in and made like a league. And as far as I can tell, it's been extremely successful. Um, hmm. And without, with while having like maybe as little as one-tenth or even less amount of money put into it as the really big leagues like Overwatch or League of Legends or anything like that. It kind of just exists and it's successful and it gets a lot of viewers um, just for being Rocket League. So I was thinking about this and it occurred to me that if you were to invest in any eSport, it should probably be Rocket League, like It's just waiting for the right amount of push from somewhere to get really big. Because like you said, even like my mom can understand what's going on if she sees a Rocket League game. Whereas if she's watching like Overwatch, there's like so many timers. There's like 35 heroes. There's like a cart. There's abilities. No one knows what the fuck is going on in that game. Um, But in Rocket League, it's as simple as three cars are hitting a ball. And if it goes in a goal, one of them scored.
0: Do you think okay, so um on that, like there's already regulation, somewhat regulations, I think in League of Legends where you can't if you're a professional player in a professional match, you can't wear certain skins, correct? Or certain animations, cosmetics Is, is, is it because it's right? too
1: distracting?
0: Yeah, I think so. So on that, let's let how about we take this a step further, right? In the effort of maybe Hmm. You could, in theory, this might not work. There's a lot of problems with this, but maybe in the effort of making these eSports more accessible, maybe you could reskin or add a separate eSports mode that could make it, like, take away a lot of the thematic elements, right? And just make it uh, more pleasing so that it could be accepted into something like the Olympics. So, like, this is going to sound really like a stretch, but imagine if CSGO was a paintball game, right? And it didn't have terrorists or counter-terrorists. It just had people playing paintball, right? So um, this would change maybe a lot of the mechanics in the game. But in theory, if it was reskin to be this thematically, maybe it could be easier accepted thoughts
1: do you mean like so for example in league of legends when someone dies instead of like disappearing in a flash of colors they just take a knee or something they're just May- you maybe know, they don't actually yeah. die they just oh i'm just winded it's like pokemon it's like oh the the pokemon is unable to continue or whatever
0: yeah the pokemon fainted
1: which is weird yeah. csgo is never going to be in the olympics it's i like, know that was a, it's extreme. so there's literal terrorists in the game and they're Part when you play as the terrorist, it's like your goal is to blow something up, even though it's just a patch of dust, like in the middle of nowhere. And it's even, just a framework yeah. for the game, really. But even though it's, it's like try explaining e-sport. that to the boomers, yeah, it's like the best. I don't e-sport. know if it's the best esport, but it's definitely probably one of the least complicated ones because, like with Rocket League, you just have to have one team kill the other team, there's not really any objective beyond that. And the more complicated stuff, like um, so with sports. A lot of the reason people are able to watch sports, it's because it's really not that complicated for a layman to understand what's going on. Like in basketball, whoever has the most points is winning. But if you are like really deep into the game, then you know like, oh, this team's only ahead because the other team missed this many shots that they should have made. Or some like other deeper variable that's at work. But if you're just a normal person, like drinking a beer, watching from the bar, You can just be like, oh, they're up eight points, but you don't really know anything beyond that, but you can still follow the game. Whereas in like Overwatch, which is probably the most complicated eSport that exists right now that has any level of mainstream success, it's like, well, this team pushed three points and they have three minutes and 40 seconds left. So the other team has to push three points with more time than them so that in the second round, they can push it further. But the second team switched to a different hero set. Now they have to counter that. It's like so many variables that you don't even know what's going on unless you know everything and who really knows everything
0: yeah i think um that's what uh that's what like holds um a lot of those moba style because uh because you know overwatch has a lot of MOBA mechanics that's what holds the mobile style games from being a uh, like like really mainstream like you couldn't see that in the olympics probably because you have to have so much prior knowledge of the game to understand what's going on and a lot of the commentators are like commenting on hero abilities and like in dota 2 there's like what hundreds of or not hundreds but you know a They're, lot of in heroes. dota
1: 2 they you know you've played dota they offhandedly joke that you need to go to university to learn all the aspects of the game yeah like so, and, and there's so many heroes and so many like ability interactions and just the, even just the pick band phase. It's like to understand what, you know, what the team you're following just picked. It's like, uh, I think I know what's going on. I don't really know what's going on. Um, I just like, I watch Dota 2. I've never played Dota 2. I watch it purely just for like, just the cool skins on the map. And then at some point someone starts winning and I'm like, okay, I guess they're winning now.
0: You know what's the funny thing is, though? Dota 2 is the type of game where you can have 500 hours in it and still feel like you understand nothing, which is where I'm at. So, like, it's so... Like, there's so much... I mean, I don't understand nothing, but it's like, you know, 500 hours in Dota 2 is nothing, basically. Like, people who really, really play that game have, like, 10,000-plus hours. You know what I mean? It's one of those games.
1: Yeah, it's one of those games that if you just don't want a life anymore you just get really into
0: which is what happened to me and that's why i stopped playing it the only way to yeah. defeat dota 2 is to stop playing
1: i feel like this used to happen with mmorpgs in the early 2000s like people would just be like this is this summer i'm just gonna play this mmorpg and that's all i'm gonna do the whole summer yeah but now it's come like mmorpgs don't really aren't, aren't a thing anymore and everyone just plays all these like online games which MMOs are online to some extent, but you're not like every game actively going against people half the time you spend building up your own character too.
0: You know, I've, I've always been, um. well, obviously, obviously WoW is still going. You know, that's going to go for years to come. You know, obviously, obviously that's like a, a Titan that is going to, it's going to fall, but, and it kind of already is. Like, Dota, there was a point where Dota 2 had more recurring players than WoW had subscribers, so it is falling, but it's going to, I mean, that game's going to be active for like, for what, probably 20 more years, probably. And now,
1: and now they started WoW Classic, it's, we're starting all over yeah. again. Yeah, 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 like, exactly. And the difference between WoW players and Dota players is that, you know, WoW players have to pay like 15 bucks a month, so they're way more valuable, even if, if there is a lower number of them.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, I've always been fascinated somewhat by MMORPGs because, you know, it is a world that you inhabit, and like the the social aspect is much more uh, incentivized. And so, like you'll you'll hear stories like right where like oh yeah, like you you meet your WoW GF and you go behind this certain tavern. That's where everybody went to like romance your WoW GF or whatever like. Stuff like that can happen, like it's much more of a social experience. It's it's interesting.
1: Yeah, I I kind of feel like that aspect has been lost to some degree. Like not only can you have a social experience, you can also have like a community experience because if you're in a guild and if you're in like a smaller guild that doesn't do a lot of like isn't there just for raiding stuff, they're there more for the community aspect. Like I used to be in a guild that was pretty small. Um, and we just like talk to each other about stuff and like help each other out in the game and like talk about other stuff. And this was when I was like 14 or something. So I don't really know what I was even talking about really. But like it's kind of like the early internet was very much about finding people to you know, connect with and like having some kind of friends because I guess you don't have friends in real life so you might as well have friends online. Um, But now... Online just is the real world, so you don't really have to worry about that.
0: Yeah. You know, um dang it, what was my point I was about to make that was jumping off of what I'm you? I'm going to
1: guess said? Twitter.
0: No, it wasn't Twitter. Is it it was Twitter. Hold on, hold on. Uh, repeat what you just said again. Repeat what you just said again.
1: Oh, okay. So I was talking about how MMR RPGs used to be like a community type thing and there were guilds and you could like talk to each other and do stuff other than just helping each other in game but that was kind of the point of that was you could make friends online if you didn't have friends in real life, but online just is real life now. So it, it doesn't really matter where you have friends.
0: Oh yeah. Okay. Now I realize what I was about to say. So world of Warcraft, I installed the trial version one time and, um, he, okay. I have a pro I hate MMORPGs and I'm going to, I'm going to lay this down because I tried really hard to get into them because I'm, I've am i always been fascinated by them, right? And I wanted to get into it really bad. So I tried all these anime, free-to-play RPGs, MMOs. I think all that's bad. where
1: you messed up right there because they're all well, bad.
0: Well, yeah, but like, actually, I played this, I played, have you ever heard of a, oh my god, what's that game called? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You've heard of it. Maple Story? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, so,
1: oh wait! So you played Maple <laughs> Story and you couldn't get into it, so you just, you know, washed your hands at the genre in general. No
0: no no no, 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 no! I played a bunch of free-to-play MMOs. I played Mabinogi. You know that one?
1: Yeah, I know. I, I've, yeah. I've, I've I, I know about all these.
0: <laughs> yeah, and then there's this one, the uh, Terra Online. Do you know that one? Yeah, I, I think uh, Rift. I played that one. Uh, Dude,
1: I've played the first levels of all these games that you're talking yeah. about right now. Okay,
0: we're on the same page. And there was this one, like, really anime one that I played on Steam. It's free to play. There's probably a thousand I played, and you've probably played all of them, too. So you know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. And I tried to get into them. So then I'm like, hmm, maybe I'll install the Big Daddy, World of Warcraft. And so I installed the trial version, knowing full well that I I didn't have a job at this point. So I wouldn't have been able to pay for it. But I installed it. And I was like, hmm, you know, this is a cool world. This is interesting. I was just, like, exploring the world, wasn't doing the quest. And so when I tried to do the first quest, I was like, okay, kill five crabs or something stupid. And so I tried to kill the five crabs, and I couldn't do it because another dude was killing the five crabs. And I got so annoyed that I just stopped the game, and I was like, this has the worst mechanics I've ever seen in a video game. I hate this so much. This is not fun. I tried to go through the dungeon. I'm like, this is so boring. The combat is stupid. And so I quit. And yeah... I couldn't Wait, get into in it. in
1: what year exactly did you try playing World of Warcraft?
0: This was this was probably I'm going to guess that this was 2016 or Holy 2015.
1: Crap. Yeah, okay. I don't know why you would play World of Warcraft in 2016. I think when I first started tried to play that or like download the trial like you did, it was 2006 maybe before that um, and back then WoW was like one of three MMOs that you could play in the west. Um and it was, it was basically, like, we all know about tab targeting in MMOs. You just click on the monster, you click on the spell, and your character does it. You don't really have to do much more than that. Um, but obviously, I didn't pay for it. I just played, like, the 30-day free trial or whatever. I got to, like, level 20 or something. I was just running around. And then after that, it was like, oh, your trial is over. And I was like, okay, I'm done playing this game. And I never went back to it ever again. Um, and then a couple years later, I started playing this other MMO called Perfect World uh, International. I think it's what it's called now, but back then it was just called Perfect World. Um, and I, I recently I found some other people around my age that also played this, like from from like Sweden or something. So it's clearly very popular for some reason. Uh, and, and that had kind of the same problems, but it was free. So I just ended up playing that.
0: Yeah. You know... um,
1: and the yeah. thing about the thing about free MMOs is that they they say they're free, but they're not really free. Like all these gotcha mechanics that you see in video games now, MMOs basically pioneered all, pioneered all of these. Oh um, yeah, yeah. Like the like the game that I was talking about. Um, they had in two thousand eight, they had like loot boxes that would give you a random piece of one set of like fashion gear. Um, but you don't know what piece you'd get; it's just random. They also had like mechanics to like keep the whales in hook like famously one of the the like the best set of gear in the entire game if you wanted to just if if, if you didn't want to grind for like literally three years to get it um it would cost you about nine thousand dollars of real world money to buy it um and there are many people with this like not even kidding there were thousands of people that had this set of gear. And they all just paid, like, almost $10,000 to get this. Dude. Um, so when I hear people talk about, like, loot box mechanics being bad, I was like, yeah, but what if they just ruined your life? <laughs> That's what old-school MMOs were like, free-to-play MMOs. That's why I think, like, WoW was actually probably the cheaper option. Even if you were yeah. playing 15 bucks a month, you could do everything in the game by still playing 15 bucks a month, like... It, that acted like as a paywall to keep out some of the more trolly people and it let you do everything without having to pay $9,000 cuz $9,000 is like maybe like 20 years of wow or something it's kind of nuts
0: yeah you know and like um even though wow does have microtransactions now which kind of you know it's like I'm okay blizzard you know i see what you're doing
1: but Wait, um, it's not it's not 10 years just like 50 years of wow Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's like 50 yeah. years. You could By play the way, your whole life.
0: Nine. Okay. Here. Here's how you can view that. Right. On one hand, I think the way that I that I like uh, the optimist to me want to go wants to go. You know, maybe these are people with a lot of disposable income. Maybe it's like it's like maybe it's like they're buying they're
1: a, almost certainly not. I mean, they no, spend no, so no, much no, time. in No. No. I'm getting game. there. I'm getting there. Okay.
0: I'm getting there. So the optimist in me want to go wants to go. Maybe these are rich people. Maybe this is like buying a Gucci handbag. But I know in reality they're all working probably minimum wage, devoted to this game, and they all sa- saved up for that one piece of gear, and they're all psychologically damaged people. Like,
1: yeah, they're like on the on the on the MMO teat real hard, and they're jonesing yeah. for a fix. And they're like, oh hey, I mean they don't they don't have to spend nine thousand dollars all at once. But I'm talking about like they could do it over a year or over two years, like just buying one piece of gear at a time. But in the end it's going to cost them like nine thousand dollars to get the whole set.
0: Yeah. And you know you know what's weird though? Like we we look down on this, but then you see you look over in the corner and you see someone smoking a cigarette, like you know, like how you know, they probably spent way more than nine thousand dollars on like cigarettes and alcohol, literally killing their body. So
1: isn't there isn't there a meme? It's like um it's like there's like a guy who pulls up to a dude in traffic, and he's smoking a cigarette. And he's like, You know, if you didn't smoke a cigarette for 10 years, you could have bought a Ferrari. And then the guy asked the other guy, It's like, Do you smoke? And he's like, No. He's like, Where's your Ferrari?
0: Yeah, that's, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we, you know,
1: exactly. Yeah. We all have to spend money on something, like just spend it on what's, you know, near and dear to your heart. Almost guaranteed, these people that played this game, they played like 10 hours every day. I yeah. highly doubt they have any kind of lucrative income. They're yeah. just completely yeah. devoted to the This is another thing that I think we've kind of moved away from. Like people play Dota like 10 hours a day, but they don't they don't even have half the stuff that you would get just from like the side benefits of playing an MMO. Like if you even if you play Dota 10 hours a, a, a day, you're not going to have like a super large community of people in game that you talk to. It's mostly still just going to be like message boards and Reddit and stuff like that. Maybe a Discord server nowadays. But back in the day, if you played an MMO for 10 hours a day, it was for the game, sure. But it was also like mostly for the people. Like yeah. people would be waiting for you to help them do quests or like do raids together on certain days or like do guild wars or something. And and I feel like we've kind of lost that like community interaction aspect. Like if you had a guild of like 100 people... And you had like some kind of territory war or something. You'd have to all get together and like work as a team to do something. And you'd have to like form little squads and talk to each other on voice chat and all that stuff. Yeah. um, Which doesn't really exist now. Like what game does that now?
0: Yeah. I mean, people, there's a bunch of stories about people getting married over WoW. Who's getting married over Dota? I mean, it's probably happened, but you know, you know what I mean? It's less likely.
1: I'm not like bemoaning the loss of this or whatever, because I didn't really get any chance to participate in this except in like an me auxiliary, neither. because I was way too young at that time. I was like 15, and these people were like legit in their mid to late 20s. I don't even know why they tolerated me at all, um, but I was in there. Wait, and it well, just—that's
0: not weird, because like gaming is kind of the great equalizer. They don't really care.
1: Ah, uh, I don't know about that. If you if you go play. For example, Overwatch, every time I have a kid on my team, there's someone who's going to be like, yo, you, you're a kid, you suck, or whatever. It's always going to happen. Well, I feel like, y- that's always happened to me.
0: Well, yeah, but, uh, well, yeah, that's always going to happen. But I feel like there's also a lot of people who just don't care. Like, if you're being a part of the team, come on.
1: Yeah, but as soon as something goes wrong, we know who's going to get blamed.
0: Well, yeah, but, I mean,. It's hey.
1: either that or a girl. Like, if there's a girl or a a a, ch- a kid, they're gonna get the blame ninety yeah. percent of the time. As soon as we they start losing, it CSGO, always happens.
0: CS:GO is really bad about this. Like, yes, there would be yeah. A, there, yeah. There would be a girl entering the chat, and everyone everyone goes like, "Oh, hey, babe." <laughs> <laughs>
1: this is why people don't play these video games or just don't use voice chat. I feel like most girls that I. Know that play these games just never use voice chat ever.
0: Yeah, dude. Th- oh my god, there was this one. I don't even want to repeat this conversation, but that there, there was this one dude. Like, okay, this is back when Re Zero was popular, and um, this was actually before kind of I got into anime as hardcore as I did, but there Wait, was this
1: you, d- you got into anime when Re Zero was popular.
0: No no, 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 listen, listen, this okay, was okay. before, like, okay, I was. Uh, always i've always been into anime since elementary school but this was before like i got like i mean i
1: don't care if you only got into anime a couple years ago you're pretty young still so it's fine no one really cares what was i saying okay you were talking about before re:zero got popular something a story
0: okay anyway so this dude has uh, rim from e0's avatar right he wasn't even talking on voice chat he just had Rim's avatar but he was killing everyone in the game so you could see you know in CS:GO how you can see their avatar at the top of the scoreboard this is deathmatch so on deathmatch yeah, okay. in CS:GO you you saw Rim at the top of the thing and this dude who was so mad that he was getting beaten by Rim that he was like yeah you know uh you, uh anime uh whatever bleh, uh he the uh, they're all pedophiles you're a pedophile like you have a little girl as your anime avatar. And it was just like, it came out of nowhere. Like, no one was even responding to him. He was just alone, like, saying that. And I was like, what? Like, dude.
1: And this dude. is why I have voice chat turned off in CSGO.
0: Yeah. I mean, he was saying a lot of other terrible racial and homophobic slurs that I'm not going to repeat, too. But it was just like, oh, my God. Like, come Yeah.
1: On. I mean, that's just salt. That's just pure salt right there.
0: Yeah. Anyway, so back to it. Um I think I got hardcore into anime after ReZero like was out, I think. Like probably a couple of years after. What, I was, what about
1: I, ReZero specifically? Triggered you to get into anime. No 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 hardcore. no. I didn't
0: I didn't even I didn't watch ReZero until like last year, but I'm just saying using that as a time frame. Like, cause I didn't So like
1: twenty sixteen.
0: Maybe, I think. But see I, I was, think
1: ReZero came out in twenty sixteen.
0: I think it was after 20... 20- okay, when I say, like, got into anime, I mean, like, watching YouTube videos on it, like, really getting into the creators. I had always watched it, but I had never, like, tried to dive in until, like, 2017, 2018, probably. Something like that.
1: So, go over your story. Go over your anime story. Like, what about it lured you in, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera.
0: Gosh, it's kind of hard to remember. I mean... I guess getting into Digibro was a huge uh, uh, point in, like, getting, diving in. Because I'd always... um, But it was before that, too. I mean, I remember in high school, I watched all of Dragon Ball and all of Dragon Ball Z. That kind of got me really into it.
1: Did you watch it on TV or online?
0: No, online. Um, I
1: remember, okay, so... This is another weird thing. So Dragon Ball Z had a VHS release in 2005. I think that's the first time that I saw anime that wasn't on uh, live TV, because I was watching Toonami before that. But when they when they had the VHS release, they had it at my local library, and then I got it, and I was like, oh, this is like so much better quality. Than the, than the stuff that's coming on TV, just, like, mm-hmm. visually. Because I think they fixed up... It's kind of like the Blu-rays these days. They, like, make the animation better or whatever when yeah. they put it out on Blu-ray. So I was like, this is really cool. And then I I, I think I forgot to return that VHS or I returned it late or something.
0: Forgot. Okay.
1: Oh, well we, Okay, so if you know back in the day, like, if you only had one TV in your house, there's you only really watch stuff like this when... Either it, you had permission to, because I don't know how your house worked, but like for my house, it was like you could only watch TV a certain amount of time per day, and you could only play video games like a certain amount of time per day. I think this is fairly common. Well, practice.
0: That's not. Well, why not? Continue. Hold on. I'll get back to that.
1: So I was. I only watched it like twice, but I just liked the design of the VHS so much that I just kept it with me for a while. I think I returned it late and we had to pay a fine or something.
0: Huh. You know, it's it's hard for me to um. Well, if we're okay, if we if we want to go really way back, all right, well, then we have to start at elementary school for the start of my anime journey. So do oh, you want to go? The, is this
1: is this about the person who gave you the Death Note manga?
0: Yeah, the the fat girl and the. I don't know, whatever. Uh, sorry, that might have been mean, but I mean she was a fat girl. <laughs> I don't oh, know. Okay. I, don't, I don't know how else to say it. By um, dwelling
1: on it, I think you're making it worse. But okay.
0: <laughs> anyways. No, I liked her. I had a crush on her. But um
1: Is she is because she looked like Rem from ReZero and you were able to see into the future and be like, this is gonna be cool in a couple of years.
0: Sure, we'll go with that. But um no, at first it started with this little kid who he introduced me to what Naruto was and he drew Naruto fan art. Um that I, I I went over this is this all connects to the story about how I stalked Haley, remember in the Asian girl named Haley, remember her from last podcast. Every
1: episode, we're just going deeper and deeper.
0: This this connects because he introduced me to Naruto, and and that's you know. Oh the, my I,
1: god, this is so bad. He introduced no, you to Naruto, so you developed a crush on an Asian girl. That's, oh god,
0: I, that that was the story from last episode. Yeah, but anyways, so. <laughs> This was in elementary school, okay? You can't blame me.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, well, was there only one Asian girl? Then I, I feel mean, like it's not as bad.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There was only one. So. Um, this
1: is how do you say not the most diverse part of the world? I like, can't blame you <laughs> that much.
0: Yeah, it's very true. So um, I got into Naruto from him, and I read a couple Naruto mangas, um, that like my parents bought me and stuff like they bought me just a couple just like rant from random parts in the story i had no idea what was going on but like i would read it and i would be like oh yeah there's naruto like you know he's he's training with the toads like i got one where he's training with uh the toad sages to learn uh sage mode and then i got one uh i think this was near the start of shippuden in the middle of the well you you watch the anime so there's a lot of filler mm-hmm. but in the manga in the manga Shippuden or part 2 just starts off it just starts off right after the Sasuke retrieval arc and then they they halt finding Sasuke to go after Gaara and that's where the Akatsuki stuff goes you know what I'm saying
1: I never actually watched any of the filler in the original series I just went straight from that to Shippuden because they said like there's like there's like watch guides for which episodes are canon and which episodes are filler so I just Mm -hmm. skipped all that I skipped like 70 episodes or something. there's like 700 episodes I'm not gonna watch all this garbage
0: yeah so um i i um i read a little bit of when naruto was depressed on the bed you know he was remembering some of the like fights he had with uh itachi or wait hold on
1: i think you mean sasuke no
0: this would hold on this would have been this would have been after the
1: no because this is during re- the pain arc because you no, said this toads. was during
0: the yeah this was during the pain arc he was remembering the, his encounter with itachi in the forest so he was, this yeah. is a part where he's on his bed depressed, remembering Sasuke and remembering Itachi. And he's like about to go, like he's he's wanting to find Sasuke again. You know what I'm talking about?
1: Yeah, I so, know what you're talking about.
0: Yeah, it's weird how I have such a vivid memory of the Naruto mangas that I got when I was little. It's probably because I only had these two mangas, so I reread them a lot. So I had one where he was training with the Toad Sages and I had one where, like during the pain arc, where he's remembering Sasuke. Anyways... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I go on a million side tangents. So I remember reading Naruto. And then the the fat girl lent me Death Note. And this was a change. This was a change. So
1: What is actually, it about this fact? How does she even have Death Note? Like I think it was pretty hard to come by at the time, right?
0: It was in Barnes & Noble.
1: Was it? No. Yeah. Well, never mind. It, I'm just being it, uh too old schooly. I by, by the time 2007-2008, I guess anime was pretty mainstream.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is where it, This is when – um it's actually – it's crazy to think about because, like, this is when uh the manga section was sort of integrated into the comic section. But now they have, like, two shelves of manga at Barnes & Noble. Isn't that weird to think about?
1: Is it more manga or less manga than before?
0: No, it's way more. And they have light novels at Barnes & Noble, too, now. They have, like – Yikes. 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 When's the last time you've been to a Barnes & Noble? Like, they have two Um, manga – I don't
1: even know. I I legit don't even know where to find one, so –
0: I mean they have two manga sections and in that manga section there's like long shelves with like light novels and manga and they actually have a lot like but anyways so I don't think
1: I've been to a Barnes & Noble in like maybe 10 years I've been to chapters just because there's one close to my house but I don't think I've been to a Barnes & Noble in a long time
0: dude you should go like you meet a lot of autistic people and little kids in the manga section it's fun
1: this then I'm definitely not going (laughs)
0: Well, that's the land of my people. So, you know, I got to lurk, lurk in the this manga. This is where
1: section. this is where you find you, it's the Venn diagram of artists and little kids.
0: Yeah. And old boomers looking for comics because the comic section is literally right there next to it too. You see those too. Anyways, okay. so, so I started getting my mom to buy me Death Note like she cuz I would get birthday mommy birthday Also,
1: money. I'm I'm very surprised your mom even bought you Death Note cuz it's called Death Note, isn't it like well,
0: there's a thing Very about that so, so she was like um she asked the she asked the people she was like so like is this is this for kids like do you know and he was like um you know i'm not sure like a lot of kids buy it so i i think it's like the new thing and she was like yeah a lot of my son's friends are lending him these books and they're buying it so you know you know i, I just want to you know i, I want to support them and get them for them so you know she was pretty supportive she was like, you know, it's like cartoons, so whatever. I'll buy it for him.
1: I feel like this could have gone a different way. Because wasn't there a lot of moral panic about the devil and D&D and stuff?
0: They never cared about that. My mom showed me... You know, we were kind of weird. Because like when I, back when I lived with my mom... You know, she, I would watch a lot of like PG thirteen movies when I was little and stuff. So she was never like that at all.
1: Yeah, this is this is also something that I think has been lost to the ages. I saw Jaws when I was like seven. It's like an R rated movie. Yeah. Uh, and I also saw Deep Blue Sea. Like all these weird movies that probably should not have been watching at the time.
0: Well, I was raised on like like weird like early two thousands like sexual like movies. Wait like, wait what? Chick thing like no. What I'm what I mean is like chick flicks that had a bunch of like jokes like that not like yeah you know what i mean well you said
1: weirdly sexual i was like what are you trying to get at here
0: well like all of the early 2000s like chick flicks and comedies i feel like kind of had jokes like that you know what i'm talking about
1: i don't even even know if they're just jokes because they do bang a lot in those movies
0: yeah i guess anyways so yeah she bought me death note and this is when when i was like i could follow the story because it was only 12 volumes and i And I have them all. I still have them all on my shelf. They're in good condition. I took really care of Death Note because I loved it a lot. So I got the first one in like uh I think this was like fifth grade and then sixth grade, seventh grade, I got eventually amassed all of them. And like I could actually follow the story. So this is when I got into it. But even before that, see this I have such a hard time recollecting how I got into things. Even things that I got into recently, like I'm like, how did I get into hip hop? Like because I got into hip hop in high school, but I'm like, how did I get into it? I can't remember. Because I, I, my memory is all fuzzy because I'm like, oh, maybe it was Death Note. But then I remember Full Metal Alchemist before that. It's so weird. And then I can't even remember when Fully Coolie, Cowboy Bebop, and Samurai Champloo came into the fold. I think that was like ninth grade or it might have been 10th grade. I don't know. It's all very fuzzy, but I remember Death Note and Full Metal Alchemist and Naruto were big parts of it. And I only got into Dragon Ball really like when I was in high school. So it's, it's weird. I don't know.
1: I feel like the same five properties have brought a lot of people into the fold. Like, I think Naruto is probably the more anime of all of them. Like, Dragon Ball kind of exists in its own little universe. Yeah, It's about, like, aliens or whatever. And there's, like, Death Note is extremely popular among new anime recruits. And then there's Bleach. Bleach was really big. Um, I think Bleach was really big just because it was really big. Like, it was on Mm -hmm. TV it just was really easy to find. So a lot of people got into it through Bleach, the Big 3. I think I don't think One Piece is. I think one, I I remember One Piece being on four kids, but I'd never watched uh, One Piece.
0: One Piece is the most slept on and it's the best. Uh, ah, yeah, no one does One okay. Piece Justice.
1: I guess someone activated uh, the uh, the Nate mode in him. So He's uh, just going full Nate. Do you want some sunglasses that that might yes. help you channel this better?
0: One Piece is the best piece of media of all time. Ah. Uh, Anyways, yeah. (laughs) No, but here's the flow chart, right? Because you're right. You see Dragon Ball on TV, right? And you're like, at that point, you're not an anime fan. You're just like, this is a, whoa, this is like a cartoon and they're boxing. And it's like, and you're like, what? And so I feel like you either just watch that and then you like lump that in with like Pokemon and Ren and Stimpy. And blase blase, Avatar, and you're like, yo, yeah, yo, cartoons, I'm going to put this in my wraps, or I'm going to represent this on a t-shirt, or, like, I'm a skinny white dude with glasses, and I like like Rocco's Modern Life and also Dragon Ball Z. You could fall into that camp, right? Or you could be like, wow, I could go deeper. And so then you're like, oh, you get into Naruto. Because Naruto's a little bit more anime, you know what yeah. I mean?
1: Yeah, it's they- definitely, there's like... Ni- there's like ninjas they summon frogs yeah. there's no frogs in Dragon Ball Z there's only exactly. like those weird yeah. little animal dog pig things but they barely are in the show in Z so yeah
0: and then you get into it's mostly that-
1: just buff dudes fighting each other and yeah. Piccolo
0: yeah. And you and like, see, I feel like you could watch Dragon Ball Z and you could think everyone was like white and you're like, oh, yeah, this is set in America. Like, I feel like I feel like unironically people have that thought, like some normies think that. But if you watch like Naruto, you're like, oh, yeah, this is Japanese because it's like ninjas and jutsus. You know what I
1: mean? Yeah. And also they say like uh, uh like they say, I don't I don't remember how they said it in the dub. I don't. I've never watched the dub of Naruto. I've only ever watched the the sub of Naruto. But what did they say for like summoning jutsu and stuff? Because in 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 the, in the sub they just say the the Japanese words. Do they say like summoning jutsu in English?
0: Um, I'm ne. I've never watched that much of the Naruto dub, so I couldn't tell you. But like. Through colloquial knowledge, I think they say summoning jutsu and then the power because I've heard a lot of kids like joke like oh summoning jutsu. So I think they do do that. I think okay,
1: because even if you do say that, you're still saying jutsu, which sounds yeah not English. But in in Japan, it's like oh my name's Goku or in Dragon Ball Z. It's like my name's Goku. That's not weird at all. Uh, yeah. This kid's name's Gohan. But like you kind of get over the names and just see people fighting, and then you kind of get into it after that.
0: Yeah, so I feel like the flowchart is DBZ, Naruto, and like like if you go if you if you're into Naruto and you're like I want to go deeper, you get into Death Note and then that's the gateway drug. You're like okay now now I'm gonna get into Cowboy Bebop, blase blase, and then you and then you start your path. I, I feel and like
1: I've, but I, but I do feel like a lot of people just hit Death Note. They watch Death Note and they're like okay that's cool, and then they just don't go any further too. I feel like that happens a lot as well
0: yeah that's that's that is true but like if you like death note is like i feel like death note is like the turning point like if, if you're really and you're like okay i'm in then you'll then you'll start further but on the flip side of this i feel like cowboy bebop is a good introduction like if you want to get your like relatives who've only seen stargate or star trek you're like oh maybe maybe they'll like cowboy bebop because it's like kind of not anime-ish but it kind of is you know what i mean
1: Okay, I think this leads into a, a discussion about Star Trek. The like, there's this. So the original Star Trek is probably, it's it's like it's weirdly held up as kind of like this super awesome piece of media or whatever. But in actuality, it was all like really monster of the week. And they recycled a lot of plots over and over again. And they used a lot of old school sets, like just stuff they had lying around. So they would go to another planet. And the other planet would be like a Western version of like the like the 1800s. It would just be like the 1800s in the West. And the only reason it was like that is because they had a bunch of that stuff left over from before. And um, But for some reason, the old school Star Trek is had, a, had like heated as this kind of like wonderful, like you know sci-fi invention when it's really not even sci-fi it's more fantasy than anything but the the fault like the follow-up star trek series i feel are more sci-fi in that sense because if you're just going to a place that's that looks like 1920s new york and you're fighting against gangsters that just happen to be aliens is that even sci-fi at this point like you're dressing like the people who go there and your mission is to get back to your ship the sci-fi elements are very limited
0: that's very that's interesting because i've never seen the original star trek but like
1: it's on netflix for anybody who wants to watch it so
0: wait really yeah i might watch it then because like i've seen clips of it and it does look weirdly like a sci-fi like it like it's it's very homey like it feels like the 70s like there's you know it's very like has this homey feel like the clips i've seen of it all the sci-fi places they're at feel familiar familiar like you know what i mean i get what you're saying
1: yeah, and every episode, like Captain Kirk, romances some alien. It's pretty repetitive. Like it's not even like the, like uh, what what is it? Twilight Zone. It's not even like like anthology stories that are different somehow. It's basically the same story every time. They go to a different planet. They find something else. Um, it usually is somehow aesthetically related to something that we've seen on Earth. Or it's like some disease where someone gets mind controlled. Like they're pretty tropey fantasy elements. Yeah. Um, there are some sci fi bits, like, but I don't think really they show up in the original series as much. Like I don't even know if there are that many Klingon based episodes in the original series. And that's probably one of the things you associate most with Star Trek. But really, that only became a part of it later, like with Next Generation and stuff like that, when there were actual Klingon characters and plots. The original series is kind of like basically on a like you know uh, on a different plane than all the other follow- up Star Trek media because they kind of build off each other and go like, oh this is the Galactic Federation. this is how they came about. they're doing this they're doing this is their like their whole goal is this and they talk about like the politics of it. but initially the only politics that they talk about is that prime directive you're not supposed to mess with any planets you find. And your whole goal is to explore stuff. Like, that's the only point of the old Star Trek.
0: Mm. This, you know, this sounds exactly like uh, American comics. Like, if you go back to the original, it's like uh, original Spider-Man. It's like a lot of the stuff that comic fans like about Spider-Man kind of didn't come till later. And a lot of uh, the emotional, a lot of the sort of the stuff that people, like the reason people will even go back to the early ones is because after they've gotten into the later parts, they want to, like, see the full continuity because they have a emotional attachment to this character. Because, like, a lot of the stuff that um, really starts happening, the stuff, like, uh, that people, like, really remember doesn't happen until, like, you know, like, a little bit later. Like, the death of Gwen Stacy, stuff like Probably that. Probably in the 80s. Yeah. I
1: would say the 80s. The 80s was, like, the time when it really went to another level but i i don't think even then dc was that you know dark or twisted or whatever for dc i think it happened even later i think it was like 90s to 2000s when they started bringing on these other um you know writer creators to do their own stuff and then for them it really took off then Mm -hmm. um but for marvel i would say like 80s that's when the really cool stuff started to happen i don't i wouldn't say cool stuff because the stuff i'm going to talk about is like not that cool but like There was like the Captain Marvel, like dying of cancer. There was like Hank Pym, domestic abuse stuff. Like all this stuff that's more like real worldy, not as Mm -hmm. fantasy based. Because if you read like the really, really old, like 60s, like Justice League comics, they're so bad. Like the writing is so bad. It's like um, every episode, Wonder Woman would come up with some clue that she couldn't possibly have known. And the line that they would give her to like explain this would be like, I can tell it's this person based on my women's intuition. <laughs> it's like, it's like, Oh, it's the color yellow. I'm green lantern. How did he know my weakness? Or it's like super, super boilerplate stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's how, that's how, uh, X-Men is too. The early X-Men is kind of like, uh, like the, the, cause, um, everybody who's a fan of X-Men, like are people who are really fans of X-Men though, that like, uh, when people people say that x-men got good with a uh, giant sized x-men uh one of the giant sized x-men comics where they basically they they wanted to reboot it to where they have uh that's when storm Wolverine came in that's when uh, uh night I know what you're t-
1: I know what you're talking about the yeah. first story in that is the Krakatoa arc right
0: I don't know any of the story arcs because I've never actually read it but I oh, know okay. But like well, okay, exa- so
1: for people who don't know what we're talking about, I think that's the one where they start with Storm and they introduce them, and they have to go save the old X Men, which is like the first class X Men for people like uh, Angel, the old school Beast, and then Wolverine, Storm. All these people have to go save the old X Men. They go to this island that's alive. That's yeah. what I think you're talking about.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, it starts. Yeah, and I know Xavier, uh, wanted to recruit a lot of different people from over the world. Like he goes to the desert to recruit storm or something. He goes to Canada. Yeah, she's basically a goddess. I, I remember
1: yeah. reading this comic. I read this a long time ago.
0: I, okay. yeah. Um, that's when X-Men starts to get good in people's minds, but I'd made the mistake of starting from the beginning and the first class, the, well, now I guess it's branded as first class because of the movie. The first X-Men was not good. I don't care what people say. It sucked. Jean Grey, uh, beast angel uh the 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 ice man guy they're all bad in the first those incarnations of them are all bad Xavier's not a- interesting Magneto's not interesting Quicksilver's is not interesting scarlet witch is not interesting no- nothing's interesting yeah.
1: i think the whole comic evolution is a good example of like creators elevating the medium and i feel like we've seen a lot of this recently not recently but over the years we've seen a lot of this it's like Um, a a medium starts with one intent and then like as more people get into it they like bounce off each other and like elevate their own material until we're to the point where comics can talk about something like like basically persecution of a marginalized society like that's basically what X-Men are nowadays like they just stand in for any marginalized society and it can work Um, but initially it was just kind of like oh let's kill this monster of the week or whatever And we kind of—I think this has happened. This has happened with YouTube, and will continue happening with YouTube. It's like um, the medium is one thing, but there are people who like just take to it and 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 embrace it and kind of like take it to the next level. Um, I don't know how many people are left doing that on YouTube, but there certainly have been examples in the past.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, I think a lot of the reason that um, X Men in particular gets praise is because. I don't see people have this narrative, right, where they're like, "Oh yeah, Stanley created uh, Magneto and uh, Professor X to be stand-ins for MLK and uh, Malcolm X." But see, I have suspicions as to whether or not that was. I don't know if that was fully the intention from the beginning because it really, I don't know, it really doesn't even like the the persecution of the uh, of the mutant class wasn't even that big of a thing in the first one. Like, if you read it, like, I don't know, maybe I didn't read far enough. But, like, in the beginning, it's like the X-Men were getting praised. Well, hold on. No, because...
1: Yeah, in the beginning, the X-Men were, like, more famous. And then they kind of become infamous at some point, to the point where even if they show up, it's like, oh, hey, why are you here, trying to kill somebody or something?
0: Yeah. Well, hold on. Pretty fast, I think that kind of does seep in, because... I think if I remember when they fight the blob, I think they get framed for something and the public kind of turns against them. Like there's because there's a part where they're on a subway going to some place, because they're because they're trying to blend in and and like uh, so one of them does a mutant like thing and someone goes, hey, what's what's that mutant doing here or something like the public kind of starts to slowly turn against them. But even still, it was not that heavy-handed of a social commentary. I don't know.
1: Like, I don't know if the social commentary is heavy-handed even now. Heavy-handed means, like, they're beating you over the head with it. I don't know if they've ever done that. Well, it kind yeah, of, yeah. In, in like, in the 80s, it was kind of, like, it was, like, racism. And in the 2000s, it turned into, like, the fight for gay rights or whatever. There's this there's a scene in the movie X2, I think it is, where Iceman, like, comes out to his parents. But it's just, like, uh one for one. If you're coming out to your parents who are being gay, but they're, like... Uh, adopting that you know same structure to show that this is how you come out as a mutant as well
0: yeah well you know Iceman is gay now yeah yeah so that so I guess that was like they were that was like a, to, d-
1: that was like a two for one
0: yeah yeah I guess they were trying to like uh I guess it's like a platform to talk about that kind of thing it's like uh about marginalized groups like because you could really like you could take the mutant allegory pretty far in terms of that, you know.
1: And, and they have even taken it to like different extents to talk about how they're ostracized in other ways. Like Gene Grey hears voices or whatever. And they like talk about the unique challenges that each character faces in dealing with the power that they were given. Like because it's not some accident. They just get it through genetics. And do, do you know the reason why the X-Men exists in the first place?
0: uh probably not what is it
1: so stanley like in in way back in the day the best way to sell new comics was to come up with new characters but the problem he was facing was that um he couldn't think of any more origin stories for all the characters because they all had to have an individual origin story so he's like what if it was just genetic and he was trying to come up with a way to have one origin story for many characters and that's how he came up with the x-men
0: you know that was a surprisingly like good Stanley impression. That's like how he talks as an old man. It was a good Stanley impression. Maybe what I just sound like an old man. <laughs> they're genetic. No, but I that's actually smart. I would have never thought of that. Or I'm I would have never thought that that was the reason that he did that. I could think of that easily. <laughs> but I would never think that that was the reason that he did that. But yeah.
1: Yeah, I don't think we could have a modern-day analog for that. I, I do think it's an interesting concept because we've taken it so far at this point. It can basically just, it's going to be evergreen to some degree because even if there's no, like, even if we're in Star Trek society where there's no scarcity and everyone is fine with everything, there's still, like, parts of your life where you feel like you are not included. That's why so many, like, of the X-Men stories are, like, based on teenagers. Is like... Even if you're doing perfectly fine, when you're a teenager, you don't feel like you're part of anything. You feel like no one understands you. So mm. it, it, it's it's like an evergreen source of uh, stories that you can basically tell about this particular subject. Um, and it just so happens that this guy came up with it because he was looking for an easy way to come up with more uh, characters without having to think of an origin story every time.
0: Yeah. You know, um, the the... That's explored in the fact that there's like mutants that are just lame. Like they just sit in the classroom and they just have like a deformed like head. There's mutants like that too. So like not all mutants are born like with superpowers. They all can't be a part of the X-Men. Like there's some, there's some mutants that are just sitting in the classroom. They got like a toenail grown out of their face and that is literally their mutant power. They're just a deformed freak. So you know
1: it's yeah, it interesting that you say that, that it's a disformed freak because like part of the message of the x men has always been like self-acceptance and self-love
0: well you know what I'm tearing that down <laughs> right now on the coast town podcast this
1: means that you, you're gonna incur enough bad karma that by the time that we actually get mutants in society you're gonna be toenail face
0: exactly playing the long game. I guess. And even
1: even if you do have cool power, sometimes you're just really messed up anyway. Like Nightcrawler. He's always had that problem where people think he's a freak.
0: Yeah. And
1: he Poor just conveniently gets this watch that turns him into a normal human.
0: You know what? I'm going to be like uh, in the ultimate universe, ultimatum. I'm just going to kill them all. I'm just going to kill everything. That's my that's my comic book role. I'm going to be like, uh, yeah, you know. I-
1: just talk a little bit about Ultimate X-Men. I feel like I, I first read Ultimate X-Men when I was in like seventh grade. And I felt, I, I don't know. I don't know if I like that art style, to be honest. Like, it feels like it's trying too hard to be a movie. Did you do you get that feeling at all?
0: Yeah. Well, I've never read Ultimate X-Men, but I read Ultimate Spider-Man. And that's how I feel about uh, that art style. And that's how I feel about uh, basically all of uh, Bendis's works and that's how the movie executives feel about Bendis' works too because uh yeah
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know how many of Ben how many Bendis comics have been turned into movies at this point, but he he basically drew them to be movies. So yeah. it,
0: Well, all of it, I mean, he right? had this
1: in mind. And going back to creators, do we know if he gets paid anything when they turn one of his comics into a movie? Probably not, right?
0: No. I mean, no. I mean, like the, the Here's the thing, like spider-man homecoming right you have okay you have a new te- you have a new teenage spider-man that they're introducing right um but like there's so they he, he's like the new spider-man in the marvel cinematic universe is miles morales by the way i just i don't know if you know that but like he is miles morales basically because he has a sidekick who looks just like Ganke from the miles comics uh he looks just like him he's the same character basically um he's a new teenage guy and he's like uh he has a parental figure tony stark who's like trying to like keep him like down kind of and is more active and it's like that he has a new he has younger a, a younger parent aunt may is ba- and like miles has younger parents right There's, like, this element of, like, he gets, uh, like, so in the Miles comic, right, uh, the uncle is part of S.H.I.E.L.D., right? So, in the new Spider-Man, it's, like, Tony Stark is kind of that role, and he's part of the Avengers, right? And it's, like, uh, he's basically, like, lost and confused, kind of like Miles. He is uh, Miles, basically. But, but you, they, they couldn't have brought Miles in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And the reason they couldn't is because Sony has contracts that say that Peter Parker, that Spider-Man has to be white. So that's actually the reason that Miles couldn't be in the MCU. Not, it, it's not...
1: weird that Sony, a Japanese company, so vested in Miles being white when Spider-Verse with Miles as a half Hispanic, half black person did very well. It's kind of yeah. weird. Even, and they made that movie, too. It it seems weird that they would insist on this.
0: Well, here's the thing. Like, I don't think that Marvel ever planned to bring... That wasn't their plan to bring Miles in. What I am saying is, though, that...
1: Well, actually, the Spider-Man movies are made by Sony. Spider-Man Homecoming and Far From Home are both made by Sony. They're just produced by Marvel. Like, they use the same team that produces all their Marvel movies but technically it's still owned and the profits are taken by Sony. Sony just agreed to, yeah.
0: Well, see, I don't think that Marvel Studios would have, that wasn't their plan. They wanted to bring Spider-Man in, so they collabed with Sony, right? But what I'm saying is, at this point, we've seen the the Spider-Man origin story, and a lot of the comics are, he's an adult now, right? So what what they did was, they basically just brought Miles in but it just had him be Peter Parker so that he could amass a large audience, basically. So it's Also it's like I this... think
1: I think it's more to do with the name recognition. Like everyone knows Spider Man as Peter Parker. If you suddenly yeah. change his name to Miles Morales, people will be like, Who's this? This ain't Spider Man just because yeah. we've had five movies now where Spider Man has been Peter Parker.
0: Yeah, but like also what I'm trying to get to here is that like um it seems like they can't make a Spider-Man movie without relying on Bendis's ideas because like the, the new Peter Parker is basically Miles, Bendis did Miles. The the Raimi trilogy is just based off Ultimate Spider-Man, which was by Bendis. So like they they it's it's weird that they are taking they take most of the stuff from Bendis's ideas. It's it's just weird like I don't know.
1: If you so this is a plug for another YouTuber. If you watch uh, Comic Tropes' episode on Brian Michael Bendis, a lot of his tropes directly have to do with him wanting his comics to be more like movies. So I I can see why it—it just it's basically a one-to-one. Like he drew these widescreen panels that very much translate into uh, movies as well as just being a wonderful way to tell a story on the page. They also work directly if you want to translate them into movies. So if you have like a a studio executive and you take this comic and readily show them like each panel by panel. It's like the, you know, key frames of a movie. So I can see why they would do that. Not to mention that he's probably one of the most popular comic artists ever. So, and a lot of his stories are very well received. So I I can see why they're doing that.
0: Isn't his, uh, miles Morales run. The first one, not well received though. I like a lot of comic fans say it's not as good as spider verse. Maybe spider verse came out and that's what they're comparing it to. I don't
1: know. I mean, nothing is as good as Spider-Verse. We've yeah. talked about this before.
0: That's true. Okay, so let's talk about kids' media. All right? Oh, okay,
1: here we go. Also, no one's mentioned how the Miles Morales Spider-Man costume is like 20 times cooler than the old red and blue one?
0: Oh, yeah, it's perfect. Like in every single way. Like it's so
1: good. Especially
0: when he has the tennis shoes on and, like, the jacket. Oh, my God. People who cosplay that, it, it just looks perfect.
1: Oh, you mean that one? I was talking about the one that he has at the end of the movie.
0: Oh, but, I mean both of them. All of them. Every, like, they're so good.
1: If I was, I'm not. I'm just saying that that's probably one of the coolest things to cosplay. Probably the easiest, too. I don't know how easy it is to get Air Force Ones these days, but, yeah.
0: Yeah um so let's talk about kids media right so i mentioned before uh paper mario the thousand year door right how it has all these um it has all these uh things like criminals a mafia uh a human forming relationship with ai right it has all these things that are like thematic elements that you would maybe would see in a lot of adult things But you know it's it's for kids right and i feel like um a lot of the a lot of the problem a lot lot of what's holding animation back in a way is like oh this is meant for kids right but my thing is like if you watch something like avatar that's something you know like you can make something for kids and still have it have like deep themes and stuff Like, people, I just got a stupid YouTube comment that popped up on my screen. I hate you. Okay, why don't we do a mini rant
1: about YouTube comments and we can close off this episode. (laughs) Go ahead. Wait,
0: hold on. YouTube, I don't need to do that. Kids, kids media is deep. Oh, what was I talking about? Every comment ruins my day, even the good ones. I hate you all. Uh, Anyways.
1: This is, I mean, In if you, if you wanted to pull an endless Jess, I feel like I need a 24 hours written notice that would just not shown up.
0: <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love, I love you all commenters comment on my stuff. Uh,
1: you're talking about kids media.
0: I'm done. Bye. Okay. And no, no, no. no kids gonna, media okay. is, is really good and it's the best. And, um, this dude just said, like, uh, oh, so I'm not supposed to watch Evangelion because it's not gay anymore? Blue, LOL, oh, Do YouTube you want to relitigate
1: that case? I actually did end up watching all of Eva on Netflix, and I thought it was fine.
0: It is fine. You know, it is, but the, the, the point...
1: It's also not not gay anymore. That episode okay. is still very gay.
0: Okay. All right. I feel like you're being a YouTube commenter right now because, like... The, the point was like. I have this weird. Okay. I have this weird. And it thing wasn't
1: my, erasure. Like, there's no erasure. It's literally. He doesn't even uh, say, I like you in the Japanese. He's saying something else. Uh,
0: kill me right now. Kill me right now. The point wasn't. The, 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 I, okay. I have this weird thing in my mind where I'm like, it needs to not be. Cha- okay. Okay. but half the stuff
1: you like is just stuff that's been changed
0: i know i know but it's like this weird thing in my brain where i'm like uh but i want the original but i can but i know there's no original
1: the original is the one without the subs at all that's the japanese version
0: i know i already listen
1: and translations are subjective so there can't be one original translation
0: I'm bonking on my head like a flint stone right now. I knew you were about to bring up all these points. I know, I know. We've been through this. but I Yeah, just, this is I, like
1: the third time. So for people who don't, we, we, have we done this on the podcast? I don't know, but this is times. like the third time we've been through this.
0: I have this weird autist thing in my brain where I'm like, I don't know. I don't know anymore.
1: I feel like if someone made you some like fish fingers and they left it on your plate, and they like put another fish finger on top of the original like three you got. You just throw the plate and run out the room. I feel like that's that's the instinct that's being triggered here.
0: You're witnessing the end of Evangelion.
1: The end of Gigabytes.
0: Basically. Look, I make thought experiments. I don't make videos.
1: Oh okay. Is this like the prank people saying they make social experiments? (laughs) You're lowering yourself into this pit like a little bit at a time.
0: Whatever. It's all a meme. That's the that's the hidden veil that you can use.
1: It's all a meme.
0: It's all just a meme.
1: Life could be a meme
0: yeah
1: oh speaking of life could be a dream um casey nice that recently posted a video <laughs>
0: okay <laughs> okay does he, wait does okay. he do that like every hour
1: he does that like every three weeks now because he's retired oh. basically he's effectively oh, okay. retired I, he doesn't want to say that but like for someone who used to do daily vlogs i think he's basically retired <laughs> okay and i don't Mind it because like I think his formula it, like watching his videos now it feels so 2015-ish. It's okay. like I can almost call the beats of what's gonna happen. Like, oh, this is gonna be the montage. Uh here's the establishing shot and Casey says something, says something, skateboard montage, establishing shot, and Casey um makes a point, cuts back to him talking about something unrelated as a the humor, then skateboard montage uh establishing shot he's somewhere else now drinking juice or whatever um but this time he's like he moved to la from new york so he's in la now and like all the stuff that he was gonna do in new york i guess has been canceled or put on hold or whatever um and now he's just like a dad and he has a tesla and he talks about stuff that he still did back in new york now that he is living in la it
0: sounds depressing
1: it's not depressing. It's kind of like m- moving on to the next chapter of your life. I mean, the dude's almost 40, or maybe he is 40. I don't know. I guess people this, age at a normal rate, so he might so, be 40 now.
0: So this is the next generation of Boomer, basically.
1: Yeah, also, I think this the word Boomer just needs to be retired. I feel like it's outlived its purpose.
0: Dude, I love it so much. It's so funny. You could just say, you could just say it, and it it just means nothing. It's so malleable. Like boomer, zoomer, millennial, all these words, yeah, like all these just,
1: things, it, basically it, just mean nothing. And,
0: exactly. <laughs> that's that's why it's funny, though. That's why it's funny.
1: I feel like it's you know, like when you make the same joke ten times, I I get so tired of it. I don't even like making the same joke twice. It gets okay. so boring.
0: I'm the type of person. Who will put on like a song and will repeat the song three times again, like in a row? So,
1: yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of the same. Like at this point, the only reason I play different songs in the shower is to not bore the people who live next to me.
0: Oh, okay. I don't play music in the shower. That's weird.
1: I play music in the shower. I don't know who doesn't play music in the shower. Bluetooth I speakers don't. are pretty accessible now. I don't know why you wouldn't.
0: I hate having audio. Uh, I like having audio to me so that's why i use my wired headphones all the time
1: what do you think wireless headphones do they broadcast audio to other people
0: i refuse to believe anything that anyone says ever on this earth this is
1: legitimately like there's a time in a reddit thread when someone was like oh hey if i wear my uh, headphones upside down does the sound come out upside (laughs) down this is what you sound like to me
0: we're just gonna have to accept that i'm just wrong about things, okay? We're just going to have to accept it. Yeah, I'm i don't mind wrong. it as
1: long as you say you're wrong about it.
0: <laughs> I'm just wrong about this uh Evangelion thing. I'm wrong about game updates. We're just going to have to accept it.
1: You could be end. wrong sometimes. I think the problem you're finding is that you try to take a like an absolute aspect, you know, approach to things and it, you realize that there are exceptions.
0: Well, okay. I i mean, I do that for the videos, but in my mind, I realize that, okay, what I'm saying isn't absolute, but it's funny, so let's just make a YouTube video out of it and get 2,000 views.
1: I mean, yeah, but then you have this guy commenting, saying whatever, and it annoys you so much.
0: I don't care. Whatever. It's just funny. It's just, just funny to yell at it. I actually like negative comments. It's weird, like... Oh, now you've funny.
1: now you've kicked the hornet's nest
0: no i'm serious they're funny they're hilarious i got this one that was like i hearted it. it he was like i can't remember it was so funny like it was so stupid i can't remember but it was it's like my favorite comment i don't know no this is one dude who said like there's this one like really weird Never mind. I don't, I'm not even going to repeat YouTube comments. You might as
1: well. You might as well get into it. Like, but no. you know, obviously, don't say something stupid. But then, you can summarize it, maybe.
0: Well, like, there was this weird comment that had this weird vibe. I don't know if this is how this is going to come across, but this guy commented it. So he said, "I think this is a Reddit comment or a YouTube comment." He said, "You, you your videos suck." I think this dude was racist. It's is a weird comment. Like he was like, I didn't like the video, but you, 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 but since you're black, that'll take you far. And I'm like, what,
1: what, what, wait, what? Wait. Oh, wait. Okay. This is like donkey. Everyone think thought donkey was black till he showed his I, face.
0: Dude. Apparently this one guy thought I was black, which is funny to me. I don't know. Cause like, it's weird. It's weird. Like, is why he does like a is he
1: like a spam bot that just posts weird things all over the internet? There's like I don't know. R- randomly riling people up.
0: I don't know, but it was weird. Like, oh, why does damn. that matter? That's so funny. I don't. I
1: think he's trying to imply that you're gonna be like affirm affirmative actioned into being a YouTuber. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. know what he possibly meant by that,
0: dude. You know, That's maybe maybe it's that I'm just not good at um arguing points like i just don't have the energy like when we bring up this game update stuff i'm just like oh he's right no whatever i don't like
1: which is weird because you're the one who like insists on arguing things like i feel like i'm pretty chill as a person but then you like bring up something and then we end up hashing it out even though really I, i i don't really want to and you don't really want to but for some reason we do it anyway
0: maybe i'm just a normie
1: Welcome to the club.
0: Wow, we did it. That's what that's what this whole thing has been leading to, really. That's what I'm trying to. We're get both at just
1: here. normies. If you're a normie, you're the weirdest normie that exists. Yeah. So what you have thing? that going for you.
0: Pretty much. Well, see, I think the the normie spectrum nowadays is like being not normie is the normie. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. This is actually something that I wanted to talk about anyway. Like, um, if you watch a lot of media that's featuring high school people these days, they always show, like, every character having their own, like, weird quirk. Have you noticed this? Like, okay, so I'm just going to cite the example of Euphoria. There's a show, Euphoria, which is about, like, kids doing drugs in high school, just to summarize broadly. This Um, is too normie for me. But, oh yeah, but this is the point, though. And each person has like a weird quirk that they do on the side and because it's normie it's all like sexual stuff like this person's gay um or like they all have like their own problems or whatever the point is like in the 80s it was just like a a vast blob like all the characters did the same stuff they don't really have any different interests but now we're to the point where it's kind of you, you can't really tell that story anymore because people have realized that it is not really the case And they just, like, they don't connect with it if you tell it like that. So now they have to, like, oh, this person's really into this thing. Like, this person builds model trains in their spare time. Or this person plays frisbee tag, golf, frisbee golf in their free time. Yeah. and It's called disc golf. I think it's called disc golf. Don't yell at me.
0: If they did have their own quirks in the 80s, it didn't really matter for the plot. You know what I mean? It's like oh, this is the nerd, this is the Asian, this is the kid who builds stuff. But, you know, it doesn't matter. They all just go on an adventure, you know.
1: Or or even, I mean, in the 80s, there was no Asian. It was all just a bunch of white kids. Sandlot? Exactly. I I think Sandlot came out in, like, No, wait, the
0: Goonies had some Asian kid, didn't it? That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, it did. Didn't it? Okay. See, now
1: I'm being racist.
0: Well, what... The Sandlot was just a bunch of white dudes, right? Wasn't there... It wasn't. But The Sandlot
1: came out in, like, 90 or 91. So it was even on the tail end of this trend.
0: You know what? I like that movie. I should rewatch that movie. I watched that a lot when I was little.
1: Is it... There's, like, a different Sandlot where a guy, like, goes back in time and becomes a kid again?
0: I, don't, I have no idea what that oh, is. Oh, okay. So there's, I want to watch it.
1: There's a version of The Sandlot where it's, like, a professional... Um, baseball player like he's in the minor league okay 2007 i think it is yeah it's called the sandlot heading home um it came out in 2007 it's about this like baseball guy who's like a professional now and he's kind of sick of being a professional he like he doesn't want to play the game for money he wants to play like the game for fun so he like had makes like a wish basically and then turns back into a kid into like this one summer where he fell in love with baseball.
0: Okay. This sounds like the most 2007 thing I've ever heard in my life.
1: I thought you were going to say this is the most boomery thing ever.
0: Well, I mean, yeah, but it's and also this the move,
1: most... For some reason, I haven't watched the first Sandlot, but I've seen both of the direct-to-video sequels. And this, wait, is, whoa, this is Sandlot whoa, whoa, whoa. 3. Wait, Sandlot wait. 3 heading home.
0: Wait, Sandlot 2 was like a big deal, wasn't it?
1: No, apparently not.
0: I thought it. Wait, I thought it was when I was little. Oh, there's my there's the answer. I was little.
1: There you <laughs> yes. go. No, well, it says the first direct-to-video sequel, Sandlot Two. I'm looking at the Wikipedia for Sandlot Three right now.
0: See, I didn't even, dude. Did, did you know? There's like six Home Alones, isn't there?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I don't even. The good thing about Netflix is you can't really make direct-to-video sequels anymore, because literally no one gives a crap at all.
0: Yeah. Sure. true. Spider-Verse is on Netflix.
1: Yeah. So if you haven't seen Spider-Verse, you have no excuse now not to, unless you're like that guy who commented on Jig's video, and you can't fathom the idea of Spider-Man being something other than Peter Parker.
0: Well, um... A lot of people are probably just gonna dismiss it because, oh, what is that? A cartoon?
1: <laughs> it doesn't even look like a cartoon, though. Like people still watch like Toy Story, even though it's animated.
0: Yeah, dude, I think you're. Mm, about, like, I think you're giving people too much credit because, like, you think they haven't
1: watched people. Toy Story?
0: No, they've watched Toy Story, but they're like, that's see, they're like, oh, that's like a Disney thing. Like most people like outside of disney they're like oh it's animated so i guess it it must not be as good as the real life one (laughs) Uh,
1: okay Uh, but for you i think you have the opposite problem you're like oh it's real life so i guess it must be worse than the animated version
0: that is actually true i i I, i'm discriminatory against live action films it has to be one that i really like
1: do you have an example of one that you really like
0: scott program versus the world
1: that, I don't think that counts.
0: How does that not count? Explain it's, this to me. Because it's
1: basically just a real-life comic. Like, there's no difference. It's not okay. anything real-life about it. It's just That's a comic. What I
0: like. That's what I like about it, though. That's the thing.
1: That's hot. the only live-action movie that you like.
0: Hot Fuzz. No, I like a ton yeah, hot of live-action movies. Hot Fuzz counts. I like fuzz a ton counts. of live-action movies. I like um, 12 Angry Men, Godzilla... 1954 godzilla versus hedora godzilla versus king kong godzilla 2 can we talk
1: about 12 angry men i feel like 12 angry men is the death note of movies is it because yeah kind of for some reason whenever someone gets into movies like hardcore it always starts off with 12 angry men
0: that's because they play in history class
1: yeah i watched this in class too is this a thing
0: it, no, it is a thing, because I've watched it, like, three times in history classes in high school.
1: Also, looking at this Wikipedia of Sandlot 3, the reason that he gets beamed back in time is because he gets hit in the head with a fastball.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, well, Alright, let, let, let's do something fun. Let's list my favorite live-action movies. So it's we got, like
1: Baseball Isekai. He turns back to his childhood when he gets hit by a baseball.
0: Sandlot 3, the best Isekai. There needs to be a Sandlot 3 anime, would you? I would watch that. Which is
1: just a baseball anime.
0: Dude. Let's list my favorite live-action movies. So, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, fantastic film. Uh, Twelve Angry Men, good film. Uh, Hot Fuzz by Edgar Wright, also good film. Um, let's see, what do we got? What do we got? What do we cool. got? We got Train Spotting. I love that film. It's a great film. Um, see what do we got uh wow this is kind of hard i'm not gonna lie uh
1: have you seen five movies that have real people in them
0: i've seen dude bear with me hold on i like pulp fiction i like django unchained i like kill bill volume one and two yada yada tarantino i like i have you like seen uh,
1: reservoir dogs i love reservoir, reservoir dogs. dogs yeah i love
0: reservoir dogs it's very good
1: um, I can already I can already feel like Matt typing out his comment being like you are such uneducated losers who haven't seen any movies.
0: I like Casino. I like uh
1: So we we went from um we went from Edgar Wright to Quentin Tarantino Quentino. to now to now uh, Martin Scorsese. Okay.
0: <laughs> this is like every 14-year-old's movie cl- like favorite movies, yeah. Okay, we're really we're like the most normie movies. This is We're like making the...
1: our way up. Like, what's next? What's going to be next? Which director?
0: I like, okay, I like, I don't really like Wolf of Wall Street. I like uh, Goodfellas, though. That's a good movie.
1: What don't you like about Wolf of Wall Street specifically?
0: I actually do like it. What am I talking about? I'm oh, scared. God.
1: Oh, no, I've, un- I've unraveled the veil. <laughs> it's coming loose.
0: Well, okay, I don't really, it's Okay put it that way it's okay it's a little extra i don't know first of all it's too long second of all like uh it's like i don't know i actually do like it i don't know oh never mind
1: if you watch once upon a time in hollywood i'm gonna guess that's gonna be your next favorite movie
0: wolf of wall street is not my favorite movie but it's just pretty good i don't know i think it's okay it's like a five or six out of ten i don't know I thought *Goodfellas* is a way better Martin Scorsese film, and Cas- well, yeah. *Casino* I mean, is that's really his, good too.
1: That's like his forte. *Raging Bull*, like this Italian community yeah. stuff.
0: I love Joe Pesci. He's he's funny. He's a good little guy. He's like, "Yeah, hey, yeah, I'm gonna kill you." <laughs> oh runs boy,
1: you know how many people had their mind blown after watching home alone and then watching joe pesci be in a movie where he kills people dude
0: home, dude home alone you can hear every line he's trying not to say the curse
1: yeah I,
0: <laughs> that is literally every line of dialogue uh he's great in home alone i love uh oh, i love home alone that's a great movie home alone 2 is great too and then you get to 3 and then it's like
1: well, there's three, and then there's four with like terrorists. There's like there's so many Home Alone movies.
0: Yeah, dude, uh, that the Home Alone writer slash director, what is his name? John Goodman. What is his name? That fat I dude. I know? I, I never that paid
1: f- attention. Is it is it that guy?
0: No, there's like this fat dude who like directed, uh, John, uh, who directed Home Alone. Let me see. Hold on. Now we're going down the rabbit hole.
1: Now we're. Well, Maybe we're already too far down the rabbit hole.
0: Home Alone director Chris—no, Col- it's not Chris Columbus. Home Alone writer. Hold on. He wrote The Breakfast Club, not The Interview Station. John Hughes. There we go. He wrote those movies, and like he wrote The Breakfast Club. I believe he definitely
1: had a formula.
0: Yeah, not the uh, not the superior Breakfast Club with Charlemagne.
1: <laughs> the one and only Breakfast Club.
0: Yeah, let's talk about the Breakfast Club on we'll podcast. Talk you talking about the Breakfast Club? Uh,
1: do you listen to the Joe Budden podcast at all?
0: Yeah, sometimes.
1: This is like my window into normiedom. Like I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I get what you're talking about 100%. Yeah.
1: Cuz it, it feels like they talk about stuff that I have no knowledge of whatsoever. So I just listen to it to like keep aware of what what's happening in the real world. Yeah even though they mostly talk about hip hop twitter
0: charlemagne is one of like one of the most like like i hate him so much but i love him you know what i mean
1: yeah he's like he's like he's so dumb and yet somehow he resonates culturally to the point where it's like is he acting this stupid on purpose or is it just like a coincidence
0: yeah, I'm gonna be real with you. He does not like white people very much. Like I it, think
1: like, I, that's 100% an act that he puts on because yeah. he does so many podcasts with white people that he he's just acting like that just to Stir make it up. so. Whenever he says something, it's like oh, and Charlemagne noted white people hater said this or whatever.
0: Here's the thing. Here's the thing, though. I was about to add to that because. That one comedian guy, Gary Owens, he like loves that dude. You know what I mean?
1: I'm googling this guy you're talking about.
0: He's done like five Breakfast Club interviews. He did the thing where he came up to, to as Takashi Six Nine and Post Malone.
1: He wait. He dressed up as Takashi Six Nine. Yes,
0: he dressed up as Six Nine and Post Malone and like acted like them on the Breakfast Club. Have you seen this?
1: No, I haven't. Oh my god! I just googled it. Oh, this is great.
0: It's pretty funny, yeah. He's funny.
1: I will say he just looks like a a version of six nine from ten or fifteen years down the line. <laughs> yeah.
0: Exactly. No, but I think like, I think you're right. I think he acts that way, like, but but actually, like, okay. He he's he says a lot of weird things though that make me. He says he said in a uh, an interview with a. What's it called?
1: Uh some normie magazine?
0: No 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 no. This is uh this is the, the 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 dude who does the SoundCloud rapper thing. I can't remember his name all of a sudden. Uh, why can't I remember this name? I watch this show all the time. No Jumper, the No Jumper podcast. That dude, Adam Twenty Two, the white guy. You are interviews. so
1: much more tuned into hip hop culture than me. I'm like an old head. I don't even know what the fuck this is.
0: Okay, he's like this white dude named Adam 22 who interviews all these SoundCloud rappers like Zilakami, Sos Sosmula. He interviewed Tentacion. He interviewed all these people. Like, Anyways, so Charlemagne was on an episode of No Jumper. And he said this really concerning thing where he said he's the Richard Spencer of black people.
1: See, that's like he's only saying that to make people mad. There's no other reason. Okay. That's the only reason. He, but he, he lives said off it's... of this shit. This is I how know. he feeds his children.
0: Okay, maybe maybe I'm falling for it, but he said it really sincerely. He was like, "Yeah, I would have a conversation with Richard Spencer." Uh, but of course he would because I would get him views. Okay, you're right. Never mind.
1: He's he first of all, he says whatever. He's like a like a radio shock jock from the old days. He will literally say whatever it is to get ears. Like that's his whole thing.
0: Maybe that's what makes me so mad because I guess I just want sincerity from him.
1: If anything, people should be mad at him for saying this shit because it really doesn't help anyone but himself.
0: Yeah, I guess that's what I'm the problem is. But at the same time, it's like he gets sometimes that is good, though, because he I feel like he gets a lot of real like he's not afraid to say anything. So he will just be like, yeah, why is your record trash? And then the artist has to confront that. You know what I mean?
1: But. But if you watch the Breakfast Club, when he says that, uh, who's it? What's her name? Heather B just kinda like laughs no, it An- off.
0: Angela Yee, you mean?
1: Oh, no, I don't know. Who's did Heather just, B? Like, is she on white- is she Power One oh five? there's so many radio stations. A- Angela Yee. What? No, Heather B's black, dude. I don't know. Uh, I don't black. even know. Never mind. Know. This is a different radio station. I just confused them all in my head. So whoever it is on the Breakfast Club that's with Charlemagne. Are you sure?
0: No, it's Angela Yee, DJ Envy, and Charlemagne. Those the three people.
1: Well, then what am I thinking of? Am I thinking what? Know. Am-
0: it sounds uh, okay. like you just took Angela Yee's name and made it white, Heather B.
1: Google Heather B right now. I swear Who to God, she's Heather black. B? Anyway, this is not real. Which is the one with like uh, Rosenberg? That's what oh, I was thinking of.
0: That's Power 101 or what? Heather yeah, there B. you go.
1: I was thinking of that. Okay. Never mind. I couldn't. You know what I did? You know Heather what I did? B is a
0: psychologist. I...
1: Yeah, sure. There's, there's like a 40 million Heather Bees, bro. Okay. I was thinking of uh, the other guy, the fat guy that drinks breast milk. What's his name?
0: <laughs> what are you talking about?
1: Uh, he's like the other Charlemagne. He's Charlemagne too.
0: <laughs> this is the best. This is my favorite conversation of all time. Well, so wait, funny. wait.
1: The Breakfast Club is in New York, right?
0: i think yeah i think yeah yeah so, there's
1: an la version of him with uh rosenberg and some other guy
0: the white guy rosenberg and the white no rosenberg is the white guy and then there's
1: rosenberg the is guy. the only white guy it's okay, him and, and two other people yeah
0: yeah yeah okay i know what you're talking
1: about ebro that's what i'm ebro. talking about okay ebro. Ebro. okay
0: yeah
1: oh my god they're so similar to me like they literally say the stupidest shit all the time i just confused them never mind okay
0: yeah, they do say stupid things, but like, it's one of those like, I don't know. I just can't stop watching Breakfast Club interviews. Is that weird? Like, I don't know.
1: I would say it was like, um, it's Ebro, uh, Charlemagne, and like the watered-down version is Shade. Who's Shade? Shade. Shade forty-five. No, Shade is heard the
0: name, but what? Who are? Who's on his show?
1: look i'm bad with names and stuff if when i say the name maybe you'll remember
0: i feel like this is going to be the worst conversation for the audience oh
1: sway it's sway sway in the morning oh
0: sway yeah i know sway uh, yeah i like that guy that guy's really good
1: he do the, <laughs> the funniest thing about him is like that Kanye. Con- you don't have the answer sway
0: oh that was the best thing ever oh shit when i saw
1: that i legit couldn't stop laughing for like a week
0: you don't have the answer, Sway. And Sway's like the nicest guy of all time. And
1: Sway's like, what? Are you stupid? I didn't even say anything. Yeah. Now we're just talking about hip-hop memes.
0: I don't know. I ca- I just... I don't know. I, I kind of... I like Charlemagne. Even though he's inflammatory, I like him.
1: Oh, bro. He's so... Know. Uh, uh, people buy the books that he writes it's so weird it's like I would never he's at, do this, that, he's at this weird like crux of like the mainstream and the internet to the point where he hosts multiple podcasts but also people buy the books that he writes
0: he's like the drunk uncle that comes to the party
1: and says stupid shit it's like exactly. you know sweet potato, sweet potatoes are genocide or whatever he just says Exi- the exactly. stupidest things
0: he's the drunk uncle he's probably you know who like stumbles in asking for money, but you can't help but love them. You know, that's Charlotte. Okay.
1: Now that we've made it all the way from Nintendo to Charlemagne, do you want to close out this podcast?
0: I got pee, and I might go to Chick-fil-A. I don't know. We'll see.
1: And on that bombshell, that's it for this week of the coast Town podcast. Who knows what we won't talk about at this point. We're scraping the bottom already. Um, I think it's good. I know. I'm just messing with you. Anyway. So uh, do you want to like have a sign off message? What do you say usually? Thanks for watching. I really like subscribe. That's all I can. All right. Okay. That's it. Bye. See you next week.
0: Subscribe to The Breakfast Club.